Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com slash support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Transarctica. Mm. Aaron, this is a train game. Yeah. Have you been on a train before? And I'm okay. Let me ask this again. Have you been on a train that was not the train at Cass Scenic Railroad and or Camden Park? Well, I've never been on a Cass train. What? I don't got that. I don't got that kind of jack. You call yourself a West Virginian and you've never been down to Cass Scenic Railroad. Listen, don't call me that. I'm from New Jersey, technically, but mm. no, I've never had the Cass Scenic Railroad. I don't make Cass Scenic Railroad money. I make Camden Park train money. So you have that been on the Camden Park train. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been on that the, the train up to the Hawking Valley train. Don't forget that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, that that's that's a more real train than I think the Cass Scenic Railroad train. But you've never, you you've never <laughs> gone on like a city-spanning trip on a train before. You know, I wanted to go on a city-spanning trip. I had one planned to go to uh, Houston via Amtrak, but then I, I had two startling realizations. Realization number one: I would the track the train only went to San Antonio, and then it was a four or five hour bus ride to mm. Houston because America's uh, railroad system is not good. Right, and then two, it would cost me four hundred kajillion dollars, mm-hmm. and it would have to go to Chicago from here, and then make my way all the way down to San Antonio. I know you don't so, like Chicago. It's not, that's got nothing to do with it. It's just who goes to San Antonio via Chicago for West Virginia? That's yeah. <laughs> that's the rail the, the rail system in this country is insane, and it's, it's it is. And uh, I had never been on a train before I went overseas, except for Cass. You know, we went on the the West Virginia trip in middle school, and Cass was part of that. But uh, it was it was funny to me uh, the first time that I took a uh, a sleeping train. And this was in Thailand. And uh, we, we, we got on the train and then all of a sudden there was a guy and he's just like, stand up. And he, he took the seat and he fiddled with it and boom, it was a bed. And so everybody that was, was on seats just a moment ago was now laying down in beds. And then he just went to sleep. Pretty wacky. <laughs> How was the sleeping on a, a train? Well, it's gotta be awesome. It was double decker style. Okay. So you had, you had the bed, uh, the bed up top and the bed down low. I'll tell you what you don't want is the bed up top because the higher up you are, the more you feel the sway of the train and you you feel the suspension. I got no sleep on the way back when I was up top, but down low, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I do it again. I thought the train would kind of gently rock you to sleep. It, you know? it, like I said, it, it's you you would think that, and it does when you're close to the wheels. But when you're yeah. up top, it's almost like you're Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade at the beginning. You know, you're you're, yeah. you're rumbling and stumbling through the night. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to Tree earlier. We went to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, a few years ago. We went out to Fort Sumner. Right? Yeah. If you haven't been, you should go. It's awesome. You can. I, I think that they uh, you you can steal bricks from Fort Sumter, and they don't care. <clears throat> really? I wouldn't do that. My God. Somebody I know stole Fort- a brick from Fort Sumter and he said they Who? didn't care. It wasn't you. I'm not at liberty it? to divulge that information. It was you, Boat. Where's the brick at? Is it in your house? <laughs> I'm calling the feds. They don't care, man. They don't care. Any- Anyways, to get out to Fort Sumter, you have to take a boat. 
and you're effectively going across like a a, a bay or whatever, yeah. you know. But uh, the gentle rocking of the boat, it knocked everyone on the boat out. It was oh, wow. like they, I, I was the only one awake. I looked around; it was every tree, the baby, everybody out cold. On the and then on the way back, same thing. My buddy from work went. It wasn't quite as gentle the day he went, and it threw people around like the boat, like they owed the boat money. Mm. They beat the tar out of these suckers. So I guess I don't know if a train surely isn't that bad, but I can I can definitely see where being up higher could throw you around a little bit, and make you uncomfortable. I'd still like to do it though; it'd be a lot of fun. I just I'd rather do it in Europe where they know what's going on. Yeah, over I, here I, you just get irritated by Amtrak. I think that that's that's a, that's a good move. Wait till wait till yeah. you get to Europe. All right, Aaron, I'll tell you what you, we shouldn't wait for anymore. And that's the news from the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube oh, man. channel. We've got a we've got a bumper crop of sweet, sweet action this week, Boat. Uh, no news on everythingamiga.com, so we're going to skip right over to the video section because we've got double, double and double here news-wise of, of sweet action since our last show. So I guess the first thing we should talk about, Boat, um, it was a happening. Well, well, well before the, before it's a happening, did you want to talk yeah. about the? Uh, okay, yeah, I guess even though we'll these are in a different end. order, go go That's forth. Right. I apologize. So it was happening, as I said, the International Computer Club, the second gathering, if you will, of the International Computer Club. Uh, this came in at a slim, trim four hours plus, uh, and was it was, but it was a pretty pretty interesting uh, four hours. We had a lot of fun. I know that guy. Uh, we had uh, all sorts of different presentations. We had a good crowd, didn't we? But we drew pretty well this time. We had a we had a great crowd in the chat, and then we had uh, a, about you know twelve or thirteen, over a dozen presenters that were actually or, you know live attendees. Yeah, uh, we had some come and go there as the thing went on. Right, representing all of the countries of the world. I mean, we had them all. I I was pleased. Uh, there was a, not too much technical faux pasery, but there was a little bit. I was asleep at the wheel for a couple things, but otherwise, it went without a hitch. The internet held up, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I want to, I want to once again thank everyone that uh, that came out and uh, told their tale uh, there, uh, in, <clears throat> including uh, all the fellows you see there. Gosh, it's a, you know, we had a great crew that came out, and and uh, I enjoyed it um, immensely. So again, my appreciations and. Uh, thanks to everyone that showed up in chat. Uh, I'm glad you guys uh, dug it. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll give that another whirl if if I uh, if my heart can take it. <laughs> I don't know. That might be a while. Um, speaking of things my heart can't take, I had to work with the Brent uh, on ARG Presents this past Sunday, and this was the Amstrad Mega PC. Another great name from Europe, boat. It's the Mega, and and so. This time out, if of course, uh, most of you probably are familiar with the Mega PC, but what this thing is, it's basically a, a 386 that could also play Genesis slash Mega Drive games. And so someone suggested that I do a game that actually worked on the Genesis and the Mega Drive, or and the uh, PC, and so that's what I picked. Uh, I picked a game, uh, gosh, it's been so long since I, oh, it's SOS Sink or Swim. Bo, have you played this? I think this on the, S, the Super Nintendo. You ever heard of this? No, one? You, you mentioned, I, I remember you mentioning that, but I've, I've not played this game. Uh, it, it's actually a pretty decent little puzzler. You know, it's not anything, it's not like what I would call top shelf, mm -hmm. but it's sort of middle shelf. And then the Brent, uh, clearly seeing how much fun we had playing Nick Faldo, had to get his links on. And then uh, we sort of buried links on the show a little bit, Boat. 
because uh, it had its problems. Right. I mean, we've played it on we've played it on here, so you know the story. But if you want to watch me and the Brant fool around with the Mega PC and learn a thing or two, give us give us a look. Um, next on the docket here, a Boatster. Let's talk about. Well, heck, I, <laughs> speaking of the Brant. A couple a while back, we recorded this. This is uh, Dave's Midnight Magic for the Atari for the 1200XL show. Uh, I know you played this one, Boat, back in the day. Yeah, this one, you know, I didn't play it until later on down the yeah. line. Uh, I didn't yeah. own this back in the day. Of course, I didn't own much back in the day, let's be honest. But I didn't have this game. Uh, what I played was the uh, pinball construction set by uh, yeah. Bill Budge, which had a lot of tables on it that were sort of pre-made that resembled yeah. this, although I do think that this game, the, the 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 table layout in Midnight Magic is superior to anything that came out of the gate with the pinball construction set. Well, one would assume that that would be the case, considering that it was based <laughs> off an existing lifted table. It, <laughs> he lifted the table straight from Black Knight, mm-hmm. and I've played Black Knight many times in person and, and emulated. And uh, there was a little doubt. I could tell that before I even did any research. I'm like, look, there's that crazy loop. There's the upper play field. That's Black Knight. And it was. Uh, but uh, this game was a huge deal back in the day. So if you're into the if you're in the old uh, pinball scene uh, or in the old Atari, check out me and the Brownie 1200XL show. Now, this one, I was actually uh, watched some of this. This is our good buddy, Jack Flack. He did a playthrough on Prince of Persia. I know you love this game, Boat. One of the worst games that's ever existed. Listen, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that you're just screwing around because that's 100 percent wrong. Okay, this is a, I, I'm exaggerating. This is a top this is, this is not one of my favorite games. Uh, I, I've never been a fan of of platforming games that control as poorly as this does. But I yeah. do recognize its importance in the annals of gaming history, and I do emphasize the word annals. I will say this: it controls perfectly. I mean, it it plays perfectly. The controls are the, are the strong point of the game, not the boy. Weak what's point. the weak point? The, there is none. Mm. That's my point. It's it's that good a game. Trust me, I would I would rather play this a million times than a game like Flashback. I have all kinds of well. See, to me, to me, that. this this and Flashback are almost the exact same thing. Well, I'm assuming you have never played this. Then I have because they're little in common. Okay, okay. and then both uh, uh, the Flacks are also gets he gets crazy. And gets a little Prince of Persia. I think this is the SNES version mm. uh, boat. Now, this one I've played on there. It looks and much I didn't different. Like I've never much. seen the Super it Nintendo does. version. It's almost like a different yeah. game. Look at that guy. He's <laughs> he's angry. And then he this is this gets a lot more. There's a lot more texturing and whatnot. This was a fun stream. If uh, in fact I like all flax stuff. We were talking about before the show. If you want to catch the flax, you're going to work on Prince of Persia. Give that a whirl. I love. Uh, I, I really, truly, that's one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah, and I, while I we're mentioning it, um, Flack does have a new uh, episode of uh, Sprite Castle, his uh, C64 podcast. You can check that out on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network podcast feed. Uh, this one is all about the C64 Maxi. So if you remember uh, a while back before Sprite Castle took its uh, lamentable break, uh, Rob did a, uh, a special on the C64 Mini, and he's following it up with a review of the Maxi. So make sure you check that out. Very good. I haven't got to hear that yet. It's funny how the amount of trouble that he had getting that was no, it was no easy task. Now, Boat, you're known for doing some uh, comparison, sweet, sweet comparison action. You know, I, I was inspired after listening to you just murder the NES version of uh, oh, yeah. of Off Road a couple weeks ago yeah, on ARG. I did murder that, and, it, and I knew that the the the, uh, the NES version of of Off Road could not 
uh, compete with the 16-bit versions. It's just it's Correct. just not up to snuff. But what I thought would be interesting would be to look at two 16-bit versions, so the Amiga version and the Super Nintendo version. And uh, they're both, I mean, they're both quality ports. Uh, yeah. I think that the, the Super Nintendo wins in some ways. I think the Amiga version um, holds its own in other ways. Uh, and uh, and so if, if you're eager to hear in a big part of this game, visually they look very similar. You can see that the Amiga is drawn uh, more, it doesn't take up the full screen. And I think that's because of a PAL thing. You know, they didn't want any any part of the screen to be cut off. Uh, visually, they look the same, but music and sound effects wise, there's no contest. The Super Nintendo is is amazing. Um, you know, the fun, the funny thing about this boat, I watched this video and I, I've actually played both these, of course, and I've played the arcade many times. The the overall, the Amiga version is very much like the arcade mm-hmm. and the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo version is like if they made an enhanced bonus version yeah. of the arcade. I mean, it's actually, it surpasses the arcade. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that. Because I, w- I went back and I played, I went back and played the arcade version after I did this, just to kind of refresh yeah. my mind. And uh, if you're looking for the, like the most accurate arcade port of Super yeah. Off-Road, I think the Amiga is the way to go. Yeah. But if you're looking for a sort of the best, the best overall Super Off-Road experience, the Super Nintendo is pretty strong. It, you could almost have called it like Super, like Super, it, like Super Deluxe. Off-Road. It's like super off-road deluxe. I mean, right. It really is. And the music is, uh, it's a different sort of music. It's not like the arcade at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, so it, like I said, this comes down to what you want. If you want something that's exactly like you remember playing, you're going to want the Amiga version. Oh, really, let's face facts. The Nintendo version, when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, it plays fine. It, mm-hmm. it looks great. It plays perfectly. So you can really play either one of these. But if you want a lot more pizzazz, Super Nintendo version, way to go, in my opinion. I watched it. I was good job on that one, but I really enjoyed that that bad boy. Tell us about what you've got going on here, but I saw. I remember you mentioned that you were going to start doing this. This is the what is this uh, our uncut show from last week? Yeah, so I'm going to start putting these up uh, either you know probably on Thursdays every week, uh, and it's because you know there's usually some some uh, witty, hilarious banter that goes on uh, as as we start the stream and experience various technical breakdowns. Is there? Uh, we, you know, we chat with the, with the, with the chat and, uh, talk about whatever's on our mind. And I used to cut those out and, uh, and, 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 you know, do, do, but I was like, you know, why bother? Let's just put the whole thing up that way. If you want to wait till Thursday and watch the whole shebang from soup to nuts, the whole Amigos experience, you can do it. And so Thursdays going forward, keep an eye out for the Amigos live and uncut version of the show. The whole, the whole, all the witty banter. All the witty or banter. Or lack thereof, <laughs> depending on what week it is and how witty and bantery we are. Now, Boat, I want you to talk to this last one, because this one just, just popped on just less than an hour ago. Oh, I see a good game in there. Uh, tell everyone what's going on here with this one, my friend. Okay, so we have a new <laughs> we have a, a new uh, buddy. He's not actually a new buddy. He's been He's our buddy new. for a long, long time. <laughs> uh, but we have, have a new addition to the Amigos Retro Gaming Network uh, YouTube channel. This is our buddy Frodo NL, the uh, the Gaming Dutchman is what he's known as. The <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, uh, he is, uh, he's a big ZX Spectrum fan, although he, he does uh, enjoy games on multiple platforms and he regularly streams on Twitch 
and uh, and we we want to you know share those streams with you guys, and also encourage you to uh, subscribe to him on Twitch. Uh, he's he's a great dude. I love having that you know that that continental perspective. It brings a little class to our show, Aaron. If you know what I'm saying, we need all the class we can get. That's right. Uh, Frodo goes through in this stream and plays ZX Spectrum games that were made in this century. So they're all games that were made from the year 2000 onwards, which are all super interesting. He plays through several Mr. Do clones. I believe I saw Drift in there. As yeah, well. uh, one of the Mr. Do clones is like Mr. Do on the farm, where you're driving a tractor. It's great. Oh my god, we got to try that. Yeah, mode. yeah. And so I, I feel, I feel an R. Sinclair coming on. This is also a great way if you're curious about the mist scene, the Mister scene. Uh, Frodo is running all these games off of his Mister, so you can become familiar with sort of how the menus work. You know, if you're eager to to uh, think about diving into that pool, you can do that. So He's I Mr. highly Mr. recommend you check out this uh, this Spectrum stream from our buddy Frodo. Yeah, I've caught some of Frodo. So first of all, I agree with somebody in the chat. The uh, his shirt seems wrong on every conceivable. Level. It looks like the Commodore logo with the sync with the ZX stripes on it. He's really mixing. It's a what if right there, uh, but yeah, Frodo does great stuff. I, I've caught a couple of streams, and he's always he's always abusing. I will say, everywhere I go, I catch a lot of live streams, and Frodo is like always there. He's like omnipotent. He everywhere I go, Frodo's. So he's the perfect man to be streaming because he's already on the streams anyway. So it works out great. Yeah. Good to see. I was happy to see that boat. That was a good, excellent choice, my friend. I think that's all we've got uh, on video, Boatster. So uh, we can move along if you'd like. All right. Well, let's go ahead and summon the gamble train, Aaron. All right, Aaron. We're going to start things off. With a non-Amiga news item, but this is one that's near and dear to our hearts uh, because of something that you have in your hot little hands. Let's talk about our friend Kate Fox and her buddy Mackie. Kate Fox Absolutely. has a, uh, a YouTube channel called Macintosh Librarian where she produces a series of informative videos that are very well done, complete with special effects, including yeah. a fully animated Macintosh Classic 2 known as Mackie. So make sure That's and check out uh, Kate's channel. That's Macintosh Librarian. Now, Aaron, I do believe that we've received something from Kate. Is that right? Yes, sir. We sure have. Now, uh, we mentioned this on ARG, but I want to bring it up here because it's so cute. And Kate's been a, a real uh, supporter of ours. And, and when she started doing her own stuff, I mean, listen, you know what I think about the Mac boat. Not a fan, but Kate's winning me over. And I will say, she if she, she did every conceivable thing to, to uh, entertain me with the cuteness of her show. <laughs> uh, and so Kate uh, was very kind to us, and she sent us uh, some lovely uh, items here. I'm going to put them up here. So a lovely Mackie Christmas card there. Wow, and, beautiful. Uh, with, and, with, and wishing everybody a Merry Christmas, she sent me, you, and the Brent one. And then, of course, you've got to send these, and these are just really nice. There's a little Mackie. Isn't that cute? Uh, I love it, man. I the, love it. Look at the back. It's even got the ports on the back. Wow. I don't know if you can see those. Look at that. Very impressive 3D print here. Yeah, I could hang that Very, on the tree. I, I love it. I love it. So thank you, Kate. We really appreciate that. And uh, I also want to say that uh, I do. I really do recommend the show. I mean, we've talked about it before in here. It's not like the first time. Whoops. Ignore that guy. Get out of here, robot. Uh, he, uh, it's a great show. And you actually learned something. The last episode she put out was about how the Max got in the schools. I never knew, heard the majority of that stuff, and so I, I was very pleased with it, Boaster. I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed it immensely. So very good stuff. Thank you very much, Kate. 
and we appreciate your nice gift. We really appreciate it. And in a similar vein, we'd like to uh, we'd like to bring a little attention to another channel that we really enjoy. Uh, this is uh, Pixels at Dawn Gaming. He has recently completed a golf play by play tournament. Of uh, this is a some sort of a hot shots golf tournament, and what he has actually done here is uh, he's taken other streamers like our other buddy Mr. Cola, and uh, and he's actually commented on these streams as if he were uh, Jim Nance himself. So pretty cool. I, I, I watched I watched some of this the other day. Of course, we're gonna watch the stupid ad first, uh, but uh, and it was just it was the best. And Pixels is the perfect guy to do the commentary. Uh, on these because he's got the right voice and the right temperament for it. You know, and I really thought it was very amusing. And of course, Cole was in there as a couple other fellas in there. I mean, it was a pretty big tournament in Boatster. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Pixels, uh, uh, is uh, his face is in there doing the commentary. It's real entertaining. Uh, Pixels is, a, is another great streamer. We talked about this before the show, uh, how many people we know that are, are streaming on Twitch and they're killing it killing it out there uh, and pixels has been streaming for a long pixels and i guess cola too have been streaming forever out there and uh uh, uh good stuff so ch- definitely check out both their channels uh on there of course also fredo and we know a ton of people that are doing twitch channels so pretty much if you see them uh mentioned on the show they've probably got an awesome channel and but but this is definitely pixels kills it here and of course we both love golf yeah. so it doesn't take much to make us happy as a boat when it comes to golf the only thing that could have made me happier is if i were invited to play in this tournament but oh no shunned again feel like they, were you were you kicked to the curb always boat? the bridesmaid aaron always the bridesmaid. maybe they saw some of your skills on uh on uh, the last golf you attempted yeah that should have made them feel better i could have helped pad their victory <laughs> oh i didn't <laughs> So you're in there as a you're a, you're a reverse ringer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I love it. All right, Aaron, let's move forward now to some Amiga news. Uh, we've got a a podcast that has recently been released called the Console Shockcast. Aaron, the Console Shockcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I never heard of this one. This is a new one for me too. I guess it's a, it's a retro modern gaming chat, uh, and uh, it features. Uh, our buddies, who we know almost everyone involved in this endeavor, the new Amiga Addict magazine. So I believe that uh, what what is going on here is that uh, they this is an interview with Ravi Abbott, who is the deputy editor. Aaron, have you ever been deputy editor of anything? Uh, would you let me edit your stuff, <laughs> even in a deputy capacity? No. So he talks about uh, the waning years of Amiga magazines, why Amiga Addict was founded, you know what what the content is, uh, and how you can get a copy. You know, Aaron, Amiga Addict magazines are winging their way to all of the people that purchase them as we speak right now. In fact, yep. many folks have already received their issue. I can imagine that soon, maybe even this time next week. We will have uh, our copy of Amiga Addict. I that can't wait. Uh, yeah. And so if you want a sort of a behind the scenes look at Amiga Addict, you can check out this episode of the console shot cast, Aaron. Yeah, I, I got an early like PDF, thing, but I don't want to read it. Right. I'm waiting. I want to have I want to take the tangible, the tangible item in yonder hand so I can get in there and t- tear into it. I'm looking forward to it, Bert. Yeah, Bert. Bert. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, Bert. 
<laughs> All right, Aaron, we're going to move on to some sadder news now. This is uh, oh man, there was a server breach last week at uh, at Lemon Amiga, and the site was down for is. several days. Everyone assumed the worst that either the uh, Lemon Amiga URL had been sold, or if you know things have been erased. It's been a tough year for the Lemon crew. There's been stuff going down, and so uh, I guess on December thirteenth. There was a server breach where I guess there were some passwords that might have gotten out. The site went down. Mm. So we do encourage you. I would imagine that, you know, 99.9% of the audience of this podcast has an account over at Lemon Amiga. Uh, yeah. So we urge you to go over there, change your password. Don't stop going because Lemon's still great. But we just, uh, you know, in case you haven't been there in a while, uh, this is what has happened. Uh, but as of right now, the Lemon Amiga site is back up and running. Everything's fine. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're happy about that. Listen. Uh, Lemon has been, uh, I, I don't want to say without Lemon, there'd be no Amigos, but it would have been, been a much different, more difficult road to hoe yeah. boat without Hall White and, and Lemon. These are our, and Lemon in particular is my go-to site for information about these games. Very first thing. Called together and, and pulled together by geniuses with, with the ability to, uh, organize and make this stuff present. It's, it's a brilliant site. Mm -hmm. We love the people that they've always been super nice to us and, and supportive. And, uh, I really, I don't know why people would screw with their stuff. I really, I mean, I know why, cause people don't care, mm -hmm. but, uh, lemon is our, is the go-to site. So, uh, I just want to let those guys know, Hey, listen, we appreciate you guys. If there's anything you need, Get, like get in contact with us. We're more than ha happy to help you. And we hope that this is something that we don't have to talk about again for a long time to come. Boaster. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, we're going to move on to a happier story. Now, uh, everybody likes discord and by everybody, I mean me, I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm on there all the time. Too much, in fact, probably. Uh, and if you are a Discord user and you also are an Amiga user, there is a photographic proof that you can run Discord on an Amiga 2000. This comes to us from WYSIWYG Santa Jen. Um, and that, that may be one of those cute Twitter Christmas only names. It looks like maybe uh, WYSIWYG Protogen is the normal name of this account. Uh I guess there's a combination of software, uh, IRC Junior, and something called Biddleby uh, allows you to actually be able to load Discord through your Amiga. Isn't that cool, Aaron? That is wacky. <laughs> look at all the look at all the gizmos that this guy's got sitting there. And who knows how many gizmos that this runs through. Well, what it, what it says is that he says this is running an A2386SX bridge board. So who knows? Maybe this isn't even running on the Amiga. Maybe this is running on, you know, a real computer. Oh, he's running a, oh, he's running a bridge board. That's a PC. Right, right. So he's using the, the functional side of the computer to run this. I not never the thought Amiga about side. that. Yeah. And uh, he in, in just a normal ISA Ethernet card in there. And this is under DOS 5.0. So, you know, it's it's not quite the dream of having an actual Amiga running it. It's basically just a PC running it. But you'd think if an old PC can run something like this, why not the Amiga? You know, you know I used to tell a little bit, the bridge boards were awesome. Yeah. And, and in fact, the Amiga even had uh, programs that would interpret DOS let you use it. I remember telling my buddies, I had a, a, a I had disc-based, like effectively emulators for the Mac mm -hmm. and for the PC. And my buddies would come over and be like, listen, I would say I've got a standing, I've got a standing uh, order in my head. 
I don't ever buy a machine that can be emulated on one floppy disk. And I'd hold it up to them. And I used to piss off the chud and everybody else. <laughs> I used to love to say that about the Amiga because I could, I loved it because no one was emulating Jack Squat back in those days. I always think that, I always thought the fact that they, that they engineered the Amiga so they could use these bridge boards was awesome. I had, I had, an well, I mean, they, they, it mine. is sort of awesome, but it is sort of like if the Amiga was really that awesome, why do you need to use a bridge board at all? Well, you didn't. Like I had stuff for the Amiga that could read PC. They could read PC discs. The whole you could do it all, but having the uh, having a card would give you a better version of that. Sure, because I mean you you're know. physically inserting chips into the system. You know, at that listen, point. can can an Amiga run on a PC with a card? No. <laughs> so <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's a cool feat. I think it's awesome. Uh, Tim Mark that says guy, that this guy is actually an 18 or 19 year old kid. So I love it. Yeah, good for him. Nice work, Ted Mark. Good investigation there. I approve of this. And I didn't realize that you could run this score on something that old PC wise, and so that's neat. That's a, it's a real neat story, but good find on that one, my friend. All right, and finally, Aaron, the possibly the news of the week. Uh, our buddy Edu, straight out of Spain. He is from Spain, right, or is it Portugal? He is no, Spanish. it's Spain. Okay. It's straight out of um, Spain. Yeah. He has introduced uh, as of today, I believe that this was released. A new generation of the Unamiga, the Unamiga Reloaded. Now, Aaron, you're the yeah. Unamiga master. Tell us about this board, man. Well, I this I the the first time I actually read about this was uh, uh, I'm going to try to pull it up here for us. That's not it. Uh, the first was when it was shared on uh, our Discord, and I had not I not I didn't know he had a new one that was out already. And this one is a this is a little different than the one you've seen before. Uh, because this one runs on a uh, this one actually has its own little case. It doesn't you don't put it in a five hundred. So it's you know a, it's saying? a total standalone unit, and you plug in a PS two mouse and keyboard to it, right? Correct, correct. And uh, this one has, according to the what I read, uh, this one also has uh, the ability to uh, to play some different stuff. I found the website here. I'm going to pull it up here. Um, so what you've got here. Uh, is this thing will of course you've got an FPGA on this as is the way things go. Look at this lineup of stuff here. You've got your uh, your it's got RTGs so retardable graphics. It's got the uh, the Z the ZX Next C64 MSX Nintendo Super Nintendo that's new. Amstrad is new and Atari 800. Those are all those are all new mm. uh, cores that are being supported now. Uh, uh, I hope. It would be great if the thingy I bought will support those new cores. That'd be cool. Uh, but we'll have to we'll have to have some follow up. We'll have to ask around the Discord and get some yeah. get some answers on that for sure. I will say this: if you're looking to pick this up, you know, listen, you've got 35 of these left in stock, and people watching the show, I, I'm not going to say we're the king dongs of the Amiga. But we got a pretty decent listenership, boaster, and viewership. I suspect when this show gets out there, these will be got long gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get an Unamiga, if you're in this, if you're live listening to this, I would I would run not walk to yonder computer and head head over to uh, Aaronnet.net and go over and order this now. Now he's got two versions. of This uh, bad boy, you got the one meg and two meg SRAM. What do you recommend, you see, Aaron? Go. Hey, listen, pay the ten extra euros mm-hmm. boat because why not? Right. Listen, if you're dumping a one, if you're if you're in for one sixty five, what are you cheap? Put the ten euros in, get the one seventy five. Take this thing to the house. Yeah, here's a picture of it, boat. If you're looking to see what it looks like, 
It's uh, there's there's the gimmick right there, and he's got different views here. This thing features, of course, uh, joystick ports uh, that work. Uh, <laughs> That's good. A VG- working joystick port is well, appreciated. Well, I mean, you know, VGA port. Don't don't hassle me, Bode. <laughs> You've got your uh, PS2 uh, mouse and, and keyboard, your stereo out. I assume this also has the Asus jack out. You've got your uh, a micro SD card uh, as well. There's the yeah, there it is, eighth inch jack. Having having had one of these now for uh, the better part of seven or eight months, uh, once I got over the initial baloney, it's solid gold money. So I now mine is anyway, and I assume this one is too. Listen, most people don't want to trash an old Amiga for one of these. Mm-hmm. This is the way to go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the price, in all honesty, I think I paid one fifty. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and mine didn't come with no case. Mine didn't come with no. Mine only done Amiga. I uh, didn't have all these other cores. Uh, so this is really a, a quite a sweet bargain, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to get on the F, I've heard you talk about this boat and other people. Listen, you don't just walk out and get yourself a Mister, plunk down a couple bucks, and you're in. That crap's expensive. Yeah. It's on back order. You have to get these things, and you have to cobble it together, uh, and it's no easy task. So if you want something that does most of, so let's say some of what a mister does, these systems are the one that appeal to you, and you don't want to have a bunch of hassle, bam, that's your baby right there, Booster. Absolutely. So uh, we'll make sure, and uh, you know, if you uh, are getting one of these things, leave us a comment in the YouTube comments and uh, and let us know, you know when you receive it. Or uh, yeah. what your thoughts are, because we'd love to hear and from tell, you. Tell tell Edu that the Amigo sent you over. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Although I've been, I've talked to Edu. He's a real good guy. So good for him. But one last little item of newsery. This is sort of personal news, but I want to mention it because it was so neat. Uh, I got a big, huge box in the mail today, boat uh, from our good buddy David out there in Arizona. Now David is known as the three D printer guru, right? And he has outdone himself here. I'm gonna, he sent my child, my boy, the Lukester, a goodie. I'm going to pick it up right here and show it to everybody, all right? Can you see that boat? That is a, that's Spider-Man. That is a 3D printed Spider-Man. I know my superheroes. Look at that. That's see huge. That's a massive uh, it, bust. It's a full-size bust. It's like they decapitated Spider-Man to get the... He, his head could be in here. It's heavy, too. Uh, is there any kid, is there any weight in there? Did he put some you, lead or oh, anything yeah. at the bottom? It's solid. Yeah. It's solid as a rock, dude. I mean, this is one heck. Listen, I'm no 3D printing guru boat. As you, I know it's stunning to hear that. This blew my mind when it showed up. I mean, and you can't really appreciate it unless you see it up close. Now, would you kid, would you say that Spidey is Luke's favorite superhero? He's up there, and my kid about fell out of his chair when he saw this pop out of the box. It's very cool. Oh, yeah, so he's got this on display, but he let me borrow it. And he told me, he promised that I would give it back uh, when I borrowed it. But so I want to thank Dave. Thank you, Dave. The boy lost his mind over that. It's a very nice gift. that we. I really appreciate that. All right. Well, Aaron, we've done the news. It's time to... Uh, this you know this is a game that is very pertinent to today because we just had one of the biggest snowstorms in history in part of the great states of America here. Luckily, we were I hope spared. It's not pertinent. <laughs> Luckily, we were spared the brunt of the storm here in Hurricane. Uh, but uh, but others were not so lucky. Let's talk about Transarctica, Aaron. A good idea, Booster. Now, this one, Boat. I know you've never even heard of this one, have you? Never in my life had heard of Transarctica. I hadn't either. I'll be honest. This one, I had never heard of this this wacky game, uh, Boat. 
Uh, and now you may want to, why don't you explain to the people, we had another game announced this week. Tell me the story on that. Okay, so yeah, we were originally supposed to do a game called Traders this week. Traders is a uh, homage to the classic Atari and C64 game Mule, released by Electronic Arts. Um, however, we had an issue where we were unable to find documentation for that game, and I literally could not, like... At the beginning of Mule, what's the very first thing that you do? You place your plot of land. Okay, you've got to do that before you can move on. Uh, I tried every which way I knew how to place my plot of land, and I could not. And I looked through, you know, we, we did find some documentation in German, but when I translated it, it didn't make any sense, and it still didn't help with the problem that I was having. So we had to go to plan B. Uh, as you may know, the way that we select each uh, each game each week is that we have a committee of people, the Game Selection Committee, that vote on suggestions based on the category. And so Traders won that week, but the second place entry was a game called Transartica. And so we had to go with the second place winner this week. Uh, so uh, Transartica it is. I've got to say, I found this an intriguing this game is a very uh, unusual game. And I don't know anything about traders. I'm sure at some point we're going to find the docs for that thing. Uh, but uh, And by the way, if you don't have the docs for this one, you're double boned as well. Mm -hmm. So, But they're out there. So let's talk about this bad boy uh, boat. Uh, released in 93, uh, this came out on two discs. Now, uh, I have an AGA version and a... And a uh, an ECS version. Do you do you remember which one you played? I on played the head? AGA version. I did as well. Although uh, it's funny, Lemon has no listing for an AGA version of this. I found that odd. Uh, and uh, but the Hall of Light does. Uh, so, but we played the AGA version. I can't imagine. Really, having played AGA, I can't imagine what would be different. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not I, like these in, graphics. In terms of the, away. you know, again, what's the what's the G stand for in AGA? What gradient, oh. extra gradients on all your grades. But did blues. you see a bunch of gradients? There's in a this? ton of gradients in this game. The coal shoveling screen alone has enough gradients to beat the band. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, I believe this game was came from our good friends in France. Uh, this is uh, from an outfit called uh, uh, I think it's called uh, Silmar. No, it's, it's it, it, oh my gosh. Am I help me out of your boat? It's a Silmarils. It's it's the it's the it's the Tolkien thing. It's the jewels. Listen, I'm not as well read in the in, in into the into the Tolkien. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. School. I'm sorry you had to listen to that. Oh, listen, like they don't know. Come on, give me a break. Anyway, uh, this is. I'd love to see you pronounce the books this was based on. No way. No on way. That? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> La Compagnia del Glasses. <laughs> Uh, written by a fellow named George Jean Ahmad, or Ahmad, I think is his name. This was a, uh, from what I've read, a an incredible book series, very well regarded. But I believe that they said it written into like twenty twenty one volumes. Wow! Both. This guy was pumping these suckers out. Now listen, before we get into this game, we've got to go, and I, I demand this: we've got to get into the backstory of this bad boy. Because the backstory of this thing is one of the most wacky backstories. We've read some crazy backstories. I mean, I don't know if it's really that wacky. Well, I mean, listen, and I will say, in in terms of modern climate and the way things are now, yes, I can conceive for someone. <laughs> I can so see this happening. That that's what scares me. It's it's wacky because, but the world is pretty wacky right now. So, 
I'm going to look, I'm going to not read verbatim from the manual, but I'm going to kind of sum this up, okay? So picture December 20, this is something else that scares me. This happened right around now, Mm -hmm. December 2022, December 24th, Operation, by the way, don't ever name your operation this, Operation Blind goes into a bad name, big mistake. Bad name. So what is Operation Blind? Well, what's happened is the world's been ravaged by greenhouse gases. You know how that goes. So what would an illogical person do, right? Duh. You blow up the uh, the world's snow caps. Yeah. You know, the north what and south pole. What you do pole. is you just take some nukes, you That's go up to did. the north and the south pole, and you set them off and see what happens. Yeah. And so they, they put a couple thermonuclear devices, they blew them up simultaneously at each pole, okay? The thought was, you kick so much crap into the atmosphere that it would cool down the sun. Makes sense, right? The problem is... The scientist here, John Merrick, this was like the the Brent equivalent of a scientist. <laughs> How much explosives should we use the Brent? Ah, screw just use it all. Why they and so they used too much. And they blew up this they blew the caps and they caused so much crap to go in the atmosphere that it blocked out the sun completely. Mm-hmm. Whoops. And so what you what do you got here is an intense nuclear winter boat. Not good. So flash forward to like about a hundred years. Okay, the world has changed dramatically. No one can live outside. All right, there's no trees. There's all there is. The whole world covered in snow. So, of course, logically, how would you live? Well, first of all, you construct a bunch of giant trains. Correct. And then you just spend your whole life riding around from city to city. (laughs) Correct. By the way, if Amtrak were in charge of this, we'd all be dead. There'd be one (laughs) train. Notice this game takes place in Europe. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be one train that went around like a, the one you have around your Christmas tree. That'd be, that'd be the track. So in the future, during in this train era, what you've got is a big, uh, you've got a, a a huge conglomerate or a huge business or that control everything. The sinister and powerful Viking Union. Yeah. Those Vikings, they're getting their vengeance on Randy us. Moss is in charge. Now, here's what I like about the Viking Union, right? They don't actually go and enforce laws and crap at all these little towns that are still around. They just like they're just like, listen, do what we say, or we're just cutting off the track. Right. And so these towns are like, oh crap, we'll do it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And so they control the commerce, they control population, everything. So uh uh it turns out that you play a guy who has seen the light. You your guy the guy you play saw a book. That described the sun in great detail. Yeah, he was at the he was at the Library of Alexandria, which I guess I in this alternate future was not destroyed or lost or whatever. Saw, yeah, and he opened up funny. an encyclopedia and he saw the entry for the sun. Yeah, yeah, it's written fully written in the, in the, the scales dock. fell from his eyes. Yeah, yeah, and so he became what is called in the docks an uh, an ambiv- an ambivalent, which is a weird uh, which, name. I think there was something lost odd. in translation there. I think you're right. And so what he wants to do is you is 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 basically revert this horrible thing and he thinks there's a way to go from project blind into uh something that would bring the sun back basically clear the air. And so what's this guy do? Well heck, he's got the jack to steal one of the biggest trains, which is the one that you're driving. Mm-hmm. And it's and, uh, and the name uh, of the train is the Transarctica. Transarctica. Yeah, that's right. So Transarctica. So that's the basis of the game. The goal of the game is for you to acquire enough power and money and knowledge 
to basically revert what's happened and bring the sun back to the. It's sort of like you are ba- Finray chasing the uh, chasing the uh, uh, the the uh, clouds from the sun or whatever the old. And what is that Norse boat? Am I nothing? nothing. You get nothing for me. Okay. Anyway, so so what do you do in this game? Well. You drive a train around like Boat said. So when you drive a train around, what's the number one commodity on Earth, Boat? Coal. That's right. Just and We've been trying to tell you people that for decades That's in West right. Virginia. West Virginia is yeah. going to reign supreme in this future. That's right. So in this game, there your currency is coal. Okay. Now, there are two types of coal in the game. Mm. right? I, I'm not going to confuse anyone, but this is all this stuff has to be told for you to understand the game. Right. You've got, you've got the uh, lignite and the... Anthracite. Anthracite, okay? These are two different types of coal. And one of these is exclusively used to to power the train. Okay, that's anthracite. All right? Lignite is used to power... You can use it to power the train, but it's also used for currency. Right. So So you don't want to accidentally... I don't want to skip ahead of your explanation here, but I, I'd like I, to I put this in. Going. In 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 the the scene where you're powering the train, yes. you have two men that are standing with two sacks of coal, one on the left and one on the right. Okay, <laughs> and the game does not give you any sort of warning about what you should be doing here. Okay, or labeling. Yeah, if you if you shovel with the coal on the left side, you are literally burning your money. That is that is your money. Now the the train will take it. But the train will not operate as efficiently with the money coal as it does just your normal coal, right? That that because the the non the, the money coal isn't as uh, good for the train as the non money coal. You're right. I, it, there I is if you're watching right now, you'll see what we're talking about there. Yeah, I almost instantly shoveled in all the wrong coal. That's the first thing I did. I was like, I'm gonna fire this sucker up. Now, this game starts off with a real basic menu. It lets you pick a skill level. It lets you t- p- turn battle mode on or off. It lets you turn music on or off, and it lets you start the game. That's it, right? I, I think I caught all that boat. And this is one of those games we see a lot on the Amigos where they don't really give you a lot of, of actual text labeling. It's mo- Now, if you, I will say this game, if you hover over stuff or click on it, it will actually tell you what's going on, but you have to do that. It's all, Everything else is like pictures for the most part. Your job in this game, this game, really, let's boil it down, Boat. It's a trading game, right? When you say well, that, man, no, the heart of it. This game is a combination of many games. I, You know, we threw around the term, you know, genre busting, you know, and, and cross genre all the time. This is really one of these games that does combine tons of different things together. Because, okay, first of all, you have to learn how to drive the train in this game it's a train it's a full-on train simulator uh you don't just push the direction (laughs) and you go you've got to shovel in the coal you've got to adjust your pressure and then you need to adjust the throttle while you're looking at about six or seven other gauges okay so you're learning how to pilot this train okay that's part one part two like you said, it's a trading simulator. It's very similar to Elite in this regard, where you're traveling around a system instead of a star system. You're traveling around all of these cities in post-apocalyptic Europe, and you're finding places where you can buy goods at a low price and sell them somewhere else for a high price. Okay, so you've got the trading side of things. It also gives you something rarely seen in video games, and that is train combat. Train <laughs> combat, Aaron. It's as exciting as it sounds. It. <laughs> so train combat, uh, basically what you're doing here is you've got uh, a Viking Union train 
uh, will patrol the rails, you know, and you randomly encounter it just like you do in a Japanese role playing game. So you never see it coming. You hear the train whistle and you know that you're in for it. Okay, it's even got its own random track that will appear sometimes. Yeah. Now, at this point. Uh, you, if you at the beginning of the game, you can either choose the option to just have the computer decide the outcome of the battle, or you can fight the battle yourself. Okay. If you choose to fight the battle yourself, what happens is picture in your mind, uh, a top down view of two trains that are traveling extremely slowly next to each other, slow enough. So a man can walk astride one or both of them and not fall behind. Okay. (laughs) What you have to do is you have to send your soldiers which you purchase with the money that you made as a trader over to the other train, have him hop aboard the top of the train and place bombs to blow up different cars. Or he can also go into combat with the enemy soldiers that are also lurking about on top of the the train. Okay. At the same time, you've also got cannons on your train. You can click on the cannons to destroy the, uh, the train cars that are directly opposite to wherever the cannons are. So what you have to do to succeed in combat is that you have to destroy all of the enemy's munitions, so all of their cannons, all of their soldiers, and also, weirdly, all of their livestock. And that doesn't make any sense to me, but that's that's the way it goes. Um, there's only there's a binary outcome in these in these battles. So at any point, you can run into one of these things. And the game can be over. If you don't win, you will lose. So it's very important. (laughs) Well said, Bo. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I've been known for my erudite speech. Uh, So uh, basically, your MO at the beginning of this game is that you have to amass a large amount of money just so you can purchase soldiers and cannons to put on your train just so you can survive the random encounters that you're going to have with these Viking Union trains. This makes the learning curve of this game nigh on impossible without an extremely long period of trial and error as you negotiate this overworld map that's got probably, I'd say, close to 50 cities on it. I mean, there's a ton of locations in this game. And the only way that you can find out, because the manual sure as heck isn't going to tell you where you can buy low and sell high is just by trial and error. You've got to take a lot of notes. okay? but that's still I'm still not done describing all the things that you have to do in this game, because there's also an adventure game component in this where in between whenever you go to each individual city. You have to talk to the locals there. You can procure, procure different items, and you'll need these items from the locals to be able to get to certain areas in the map. For example, there's certain areas in the map, whenever you try and go across like a bridge with a lake, a sea monster will come up and take you down, and it's game over. Okay, so what you have to do is you have to find a harpoon. So you have to travel to another city and find a harpoon so you can beat the you can beat the the monster. It's very dizzy like sea monster. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's it's very dizzy like, and that the, the puzzles are very simple. Dizzy-like. It's like find it's find the right enemy so you can get so you can <laughs> progress to the next area with it with the item. It's um, dizzy on a train. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, who hasn't flung a couple dozen harpoons off a moving train to kill a sea monster before? Listen, the best thing you can get, and, and along the lines you're talking about, there's a if you get it, there's a huge freaking blade that you can a blade train to like knock big stuff off the track, like mammoths. And if you look at the picture of it, it's just this huge dagger yeah. that they've stacked on the back of a flat train. Now, one I thought thing, to myself, who's going to run into an elephant with this? One, <laughs> one thing that we haven't really talked about, well, there, there's like a million things we haven't really talked about yet. But yeah, one of the things say. is that, okay, you've got, your, your, you've got a locomotive, right? And so all yeah. of your action, whether you're going into your study 
or you're you're uh, you're on the train, you're in the the engine room itself. Okay, but you're constantly adding cars to your train. Yeah. So if you if you can picture the screen in your mind, the top two thirds of the screen is the overworld map or close up views of the city that you're in or the interior of the train. At the top of the lower third, you see like an endless line of train cars that you actually have to scroll back and forth with arrows on both sides of the screen. And this represents all the different cars of your train. You can have up to 100 uh, different cars (laughs) on this train. This is like some sort of endless coal train like we have to wait for all the time in West Virginia. Not anymore. Yeah. And (laughs) now. Where this game really shines graphically is the care that the artists have taken in drawing these different types of trains. This is by far yeah. the most beautiful part of the game. Uh, it's it's a very stylized, like 1920s Bioshockist Art Deco type type thing, and they're really really beautiful trains. And they do all kinds of stuff. Like Aaron said, there's a blade train that you can use to <laughs> run down mammoths. There's uh, missiles. There's 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 cranes. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's trains that can hold mammoths. Yeah. And livestock. Yeah. There's troop carriers. There's there's guns. There's all kinds of crazy. It's listen, I know this word gets bandied about and thrown around a little bit, but this game is straight up grade A wacky. It's got wacky elements to beat the band. You're out there, I mean, do you have these random encounters with animals? Wolves, mm-hmm. the horde they call them, that will come out. First of all, why are you stopping the train when the wolves show up? Just run <laughs> these dogs down, brother. But you've got mammoths that will stagger out the, on the track. Like boats, that you you can have weird stuff happen on the lakes. You'll also come across places where the track's broke. So you've got to get your crane car out. you got to fix that sucker yeah. so you can keep going. I mean, it's just, they, you're right. There's genres smashing each other left and right. Yeah. Now, it's also important to realize that this map is based on loosely based on continental Europe, okay? So you've got like Russian cities over to the east and you've got, you know, Western European cities to the west and approximately the same place. You've got the Mediterranean cities there and it's helpful to have a knowledge of sort of a regional stereotypes uh, in this and to, to, to do things in this game. So where are you going to pick up some soldiers? Berlin, of course. Yeah. Where are you going to get the spies? Well, you better go over to Moscow to get those spies. Yeah. So, and, 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 and so, you know, there's there is that that sort of element, too, which is it's kind of nice because it lets the player feel clever that they figured yeah. it out. Um, but you, you've got to have all of these things. There's a part in the game that I saw as I was watching a playthrough where you actually and spoiler alert, if you want to play this, turn it off now. Uh, you actually send spies to an area where you where you've heard Chernobyl was and the, the spies actually discover Chernobyl, like the ruins of Chernobyl. And you use that that material to to blow up an area so you can get to the end of the game. The final um the final part of the game is, I guess, you take on the big, bad Viking Union Megatrain. And I guess it's just one of these ultimate monster machines. And you better have a, you know, you better have a well-stocked train to be able to take it down. And that's the end of the game. You know, we haven't even talked about, there's so much we haven't talked about. But one of the elements of this game, and you touched on it briefly, was spies. You can send spies out to f- gather information. But the way you get spies, I found particularly wacky. Spies don't, they don't have to pay them. But they need their special train car. They've got this decked out car with like a thing on top of it. And if you've got this, then you can get spies. Just same thing. If you go out, you can go out and stop your train and hunt mammoths. And you can get mammoths. And mammoths are used. You can use them for attacks or to do work, you know. Uh, but you have to have the special car for animals, you know. So you can see how this works. Go out, make money trading, 
go and get the cars you want. What do you need? Do you need troops? Well, you need a troop car to put the troops in, and you need the troops. So you go get the troop car, and then you go, and the same place isn't going to sell you all that stuff. Right. And it, so, it's it's and, sort and of again, like trade wars. It's, or it's important you know? to realize that un, un, unlike Elite, where you sort of have a chance to be able to fly around a lot and do some trading without the fear of yeah. imminent death, the way that these random encounters work, because they are binary, like at any point it can be game over. And so what you've got to do is you've just got to determine your route and just rest keep on restarting until you get to the point where you can make the shortest route possible with the least chance that you run into an enemy train, amass your fortune, outfit your train, and then you can start playing the game. And the well, amount of hours that it would take to do that is just ma- this game requires a massive, massive time commitment. And it's not a bad thing. It's just you have to know that going in. The way I did it, Boat, one thing that we haven't mentioned is whenever you're driving along, you're going to occasionally you're going to hit like an alarm mm-hmm. go off. Mm-hmm. And that means that's the random counter alert. Right. You know, and I learned this from watching some playthroughs and reading some documentation. The second I heard that alarm, I put the train in reverse. Oh, I, like, I, I got, didn't realize you could do that. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I, and then and then you could avoid the alarms. And so, so I if you avoid. back up, if you if you just start backing up and you just keep going in reverse, then you won't hit that random encounter. Correct. OK, correct. Now, sometimes you if you think you've got the jack, then you could just go ahead and go through the random encounter. But it's random. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll be like. And the thing is, sometimes you need, for example, if you like having mammoths is good. Right. Because uh, you need some on your train to do stuff like fight or m- do stuff like uh, help build train tracks and whatnot, move stuff. So you need to go hunt occasionally to get some. And so you're going to want that random encounter. And you'll see on the map a little mammoth driving, walking by. You can pull the train up and go hunt those suckers and catch them. So sometimes they're good. But often, and something like if you've got a real super tough train with guns and a bunch of troops, you want trains the enemy trains to come up because you can go pound the crap at them if you got the jack mm-hmm. i never played a battle myself i i, I just put it on automatic because i was like that's one thing i don't have to learn but i watch the people play it the battles are goofy that's probably the weakest part of the game because you have to that, this little uh this little movement box pops up that's how you move your guy around and it, it just it's it sucks yeah that, and, you know one thing about this game is it is a hundred percent mouse controlled yeah and uh, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. And, and where it falters is where you, like if, if you can picture uh, when, like you said, whenever you open, whenever you click on the ground, you see a, uh, a six by six grid pop up with all the different directions and things your guy can do. And it's yeah. it's a lucky thing that these trains are moving so slow, because if they were moving at any yeah. rate of speed at all, you would never be able to do anything. The battle would be over before it started. Now, I want to get into some of the real uh intricate parts of the game here but this game i mean if i was listening to us talk i'd be like man this sounds pretty good all right but it's not all mammoth hunts and uh and and one-on-one train battles this is a this is your classic series of menus game Mm -hmm. you're on the engine menu you're putting coal on the train menu you're on the map menu you're on the menu for the spies you're on the menu that's in your that's in your boudoir you're moving back and forth. You're on the map again. They, and then when you're not doing that, you're on the overhead map manipulating train switches, yeah. trying to figure out where the heck you're going, trying to figure out what the heck you're doing. What's your plan? You know, and because and, and where city, which city am I going to go to? Can I, and this game recommends right in the beginning. It says, listen, on the documentation, it says it'd be a good idea to get a pencil and paper. No kidding. Because mm-hmm. you got to write down where who's trading what at what price. It's just like the old trade wars on the BBSs. 
something else. I saw a ton of playthroughs that didn't get this, and it's a vital part of the game. There's a clock on the right hand side or the left hand side of the screen that spins around. All right, that's the that's the time in the world. If you click that clock, you every time you click it, you you amp up the amount of time. It's a time speed up. Right? You need to use this. Because otherwise, you're going to spend 20 minutes sitting there watching your train putt along mm-hmm. a route that goes on 18 kabillion miles to the snow. And I've seen plenty of people trying to play this, and they didn't know what that was. And so their game, they were like, this is slow. Well, no kidding. Turn on the time compression. That's what you're supposed to do. That's vital. Something else I wanted to c- touch on, I'm reading the manual for this thing, Boat, and I came across this uh, in your boudoir. One of the options in the boudoir, there's a backup option, there's a save option, there's a inventory option, then there's the suicide option. This is in the manual. By selecting the revolver on the table, you can, you can by pressing the trigger, commit suicide and thus return to the options page. Uh, this is a this is the only way you can exit to the main menu. Yeah, is to kill yourself, and then you get a screen where it talks about how you didn't get the job done, and the Earth's blanketed in clouds, and no one will ever see the sun. And there is no quick game. There's no that's it. It's, so it's you funny have too to because later suicide. on in the manual, it's like they they go through this like really like how the odds are against you. This is during the combat part, and it's like, and if that doesn't sound good, then suicide might be a sweet solution. Yeah, it, it <laughs> and, glorifies suicide. Yeah. yeah. You know something else you want, something else we didn't talk about in this game are these guys called like mole men. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, we got to talk mole about men the mole will men. Come up and attack you, right? They're mole men. They're sort of like the Mordocks, right? So you can eventually you're going to come across that you're going to come to a point, and I saw this pointed out. I'm not going to hold the game's feet to the fire on this. It's just the way it is. But the mole men are you use those guys as slave labor, right? And slave labor is sort of important. You need to, and you'll be hauling slaves around. You can't you can't uh, win the game without it. You got to enslave so, the mole. Now the mole men are cannibals, so I mean, in a way, they deserve so they, to be enslaved, right? Well, Isn't that how it works? If you read the manual, if you read the manual, it says most of the slaves are mole men. Oh. So. <laughs> Whoops! It's probably some other guys you've gotten enslaved, but hey, it is this is this is the post-apocalyptic nuclear future. There's going to be some slaving. There's no doubt about that. You know, uh, when you get to the various towns, like it's like Boat said, they are. Uh, I mean, it's. I guess I didn't really think about it being. I knew the towns were European, but like oh, you would come to like Rome and stuff. And it didn't look like you were anywhere near. Well, no, everything's. If you look at the overworld map, everything is approximately where it should be. But it, but each town, you sort of have to. I don't want to say memorize, but you need to probably make a note. You got to write everything down. There's nothing yeah. in this game you'll be able to do without taking notes. Something else. Occasionally, mines will pop up, mm-hmm. right? And we should talk about that. And so you could put your train over these mines, and you could load up on these on these uh, on the various types of coal. And something else you can do is when you fight, uh, you can you can when you win the fight, you can you basically claim like all the still functioning train and all the stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So which is nice. So there's a, there's a there is a reason to stock your train with a lot of weapons. Yeah, if absolutely. You go that route. How did you usually uh, approach this thing, Boat? Well, like I said, what I did was after I spent a long time in frustration, I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to see how to do this. Okay. And there is a route that you can take that is like it's it's only two cities where you you go up and to the left, and you buy I can't remember what it is you buy something uh, yeah and you then, buy train cars right there yeah. yeah and then and then you go up and then you can you can sell something you buy in that first city for like eighty x the price of what yeah. you would what you'd buy it for okay 
And then that gives you enough money to get going. But the problem is, is that how, you know, how am I playing this game and in, in really experiencing this game when I didn't figure that out on my own? You know, it's almost like playing an adventure game and, and, and just, you know, once you know the puzzle, where's the game? And that, that every everything about this game is a puzzle. It's all one giant puzzle. This game does not hold your hand in the slightest. It comes from an earlier generation of games like this, which there are many on the on the computers. You know, we talk all the time about, you know, games that the consoles did better than the computers. Well, this is the type of game that would never, ever, ever exist on a console. And it's because, yeah. A... The people, you know, the people that are in to buying games on consoles are not the kind of people that are going to want to invest the kind of time that you need to excel at this game. Not to mention the fact that it's entirely mouse driven and it would drive you insane to do this stuff with it, with a uh, with it, with a, with a controller. But it's mostly just the mindset that you have to have. This is a lean forward gaming experience where you have to have you've got your desk set up, you've got your notebook out and you're taking notes and you're really enveloping yourself in this world now yeah that said that's you know back in the day when people were younger and everybody had more time that wasn't a bad thing and i'm sure like when you watch the people on youtube because i watched several people sort of commentate on this game yeah um they didn't they didn't play it very long most of them yeah the people <laughs> they were in and out yeah the, they, <laughs> they fall into two camps You've got people that are like, hey, I'm the let's play guy. Let's see what this game's about. And of course, they give up after 10 minutes because it's impenetrable. But if you watch a let's play of somebody that played this game back in the day to completion, they can wax poetic about all the things that are great in this game. And they can convince you because once the game is explained to you, you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And you almost wish that you could start again without the knowledge that you have and 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 be able to play it but of course you can't because as as they're explaining things they're they're giving away what you need to do there was one guy in particular that I want to give a shout out to his name is evil teuton reup archive on youtube on youtube if you yeah. want to watch somebody that knows this game like the back of his hand explain what's going on and sort of take you through the beginning stages this guy is the one to watch he's a german guy i guess he did something like a 30 part playthrough in german and then he was like, well, now it's time to do it in English. So yeah, this guy watch, is all in on Transartica. Um, I'll watch some of this because at the very last the very last section, he had to reshow his German version because he couldn't win it again. So he to, <laughs> and he just so he commentated over it in English. I felt bad for the guy. I didn't catch, I, I didn't catch some of that guy. Now, another thing that I want to talk about with this game is the sound. The music and the sound in this game is among the best that I've heard on the Amiga. There are all kinds of great train sound effects. There are environmental sound effects like the sound of you shoveling coal and everything. Everything has been done very well. Uh, The music does not play all the time, but there is sort of dramatic music that tends to come in and out during various scenes. Uh, I am a huge fan of the sound design in this game. I thought it was very good. I like the end game tune, but the opening theme I thought sucked. Mm. I'll be honest with you. I didn't spend too the, much time the, on the I thought opening the guy, theme. So. I thought the opening theme, they picked, I don't know who put that together, but there's one of the things they picked in their mod, The one of the sound effects sucked. It was mm. like, I was like, what is that? It didn't fit. <laughs> you know, I, I want to, you know, it's funny. I, I, I do my best to, I hardly ever watch playthroughs stuff when I'm doing a game on the show, unless, I re- unless it's like a point and click or something. Uh, I try not to. Uh, but I was I was completely like uh, 
dumbfounded at this game when I first started. So I found a guy, and I want to shout out for him, Maximilian uh, Noel, who did a who did a video called "How to Survive the Beginning of the Game." <laughs> yes, this is I, I copied him verbatim exactly <laughs> what he did, so I could get so I could figure out what was going on because I did I just couldn't figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And the manual that they've got on Lemon, I don't think it's a complete manual because I think the actual manual goes into a lot more depth than that one does. And so what you're dealing with, it's one of those things where you have to get in there and get your feet wet. All this this manual really needed to do, it can leave all the content that's there. Just have one more section and just call it getting started. Yeah, yeah. And just say, okay. Or even maybe a, a th- tutorial mode would help. Well, they, you're not going to get that in 1993. I know, but I could dream um, mode. But if they would have just said, okay, the first thing you need to do is get some money. So here's an idea on how you can get some money. Go to this town and trade for this thing. And it may not yeah. be the optimal best way to do it, but at least it would give you an idea of like, okay, this is how the systems work. This is sort of the thing that I need to be thinking about. If they would have done that, I wouldn't have needed to watch anything on YouTube because everything that I learned from this guy's video could have been explained in like three or four paragraphs in the manual. And then I would have been off and running. Well, there's also things like how not to blow up your train in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, I did that, I, I did that plenty YouTube. of times too, because you can, when you let the pressure like build said, up. Yeah. You have to actually fire up these trains and you can't just keep, you can't just have the guy dumping coal into it and just go to another screen. Right. Because you'll blow up the engine. It's a train a simulator. It really yeah. is. And so, what you've got to do, and also, uh, as as has been pointed out, you're literally shoveling cash into your engine. So you don't want to go full bore everywhere, uh, and, and you want to try to maximize your profit from where you're going. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like an elite or a, or a start or, or a star, or trade wars. I mean, that's what it reminded me of yeah. in a lot of ways. Because it really, like I said before, at the very beginning of this, it's, it boils down to a trading game. With some additional crap. I mean, it's a lot like a trade wars in a train. Train wars would be a good name for it. Um, overall, boat. This is another one I could see uh, uh, getting a little modern tweak to it. I mean, it's so unusual. I could see this still having some appeal. What do you think? Yeah, you know, when I, I did some work online because when you when you search for this game, you get autocomplete results that say Transarctica remake, and I was like, oh. oh. Oh, but then I looked and I searched for that and I didn't find anything. So I think it's just the matter of lots of other people having that same idea where it's like, hey, this would be an awesome game to remake because it really would be. You could do an elite dangerous type style with this and really make it cool because, first of all, there's a bunch of people that love trains. Okay, so that's that's good. Number two, there's a bunch of people that dig post-apocalyptic settings. So that's a win. Okay, so those things combined, you could really do something cool with this game. Give it a good, you know, graphical overhaul, uh, simplify some of the menus a little bit, um, and and man, you'd have something on your hands for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I thought I was going to kill this thing because you know, as you know, let's all say it together. This sort of game is not my bag, uh, but I enjoyed it maybe because of the goofy background the goofy background goes a long way with me <laughs> uh and you know the fact that it's based on a successful book series i think they've got too many menus i think it's too hard to do stuff i would like to have, i'd like to get to the point where you just click somewhere and the train goes yeah. there i i, I, I really think that what they should have done was giving you more options just like they did with the combat where you could just turn off the trade the train part yeah, of it like it just takes up the time yeah and you just and just click there. and go i agree you with know? you and it's but, one of these games too 
where you learn the different systems individually. And then when you feel comfortable, then you can turn that stuff back on and get a richer experience. Yeah. This is one of those games we, we've covered so many times from this era where you can see why people cling on to it because people that enjoyed this game devoted themselves to it. They had unlimited time. This was their game for the month or the two months. They had the full manual, the docs, the awesome artwork. The box art on this is awesome. Uh, and when you when you got all that stuff, that nice package, it, may, it, it, it moves you forward to want to get good at it. And if you're a fan of the book series, you're really motivated to get into it and give and devote your time to it. And that's the kind of person that would really get into this game. I, w- I will uh, say that the box art in this game is some of the coolest box art that I've ever seen. I mean, you've got a guy standing in front of this massive, massive train. This train has yeah. got to be like 10 stories tall. It just looks really cool. I don't know if that's actually to scale the trains I in this think, game. But... I think the box art is from something else. That mm. seems like I read somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, the box art says here was from Rodney Matthews, and it's from a, a painting he did called heavy metal hero apparently oh okay that's what what i'm seeing here on the on uh uh, lemon Mm. so there you go if you're if you know what that's from but it's a cool looking let me tell you something if you're going to use some box art that's and they've got cool logo it's a it's a good looking package you know in general i agree with you on that boaster um i should mention that i looked up some reviews on this bad boy to see and i should also mention this i want to say this before i forgot this game came out on the Amiga. This is a this is a port from the uh, uh, PC VGA version. Uh, so here we are. We're getting into that area where now we're getting their ports, all right? And I looked at the PC version of this, by the way, just for I don't, I'm guessing you did not. No. And it was uh, the PC version of it was what you would expect. Uh, uh, it was actually very similar. The music was similar. Uh, it was no great. Sh- it was not like uh, uh, the Amiga version was crap compared to it. It was they were very. This crazy. guy obviously right off the bat doesn't know what he's doing because he's shoveling his money yeah. into the thing. You know, you're like me, boat. Because when I watch anybody play this game, I know. Also, when you're double clicking the guy, making the guy shovel twice as fast, Dumb. I'm like, you're. An, that's always and you know you're an idiot yeah. when you do that. But this this game did come from the the PC VGA version. I think it, I think it's a pretty. I mean, it looks pretty solid to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, sure. But it looks here's nice. what I wanted to mention. This also got an ST port, a Mac port. Hey, a Mac port. But here's the real crazy thing. According uh, to Wiki, this got an Atari. It got an Atari ST, but it also had an Atari Falcon release. Oh mode. man! Holy Keep smokes, an eye out for that next time me? you guys the Falcon comes up on the wheel. Holy! I couldn't believe it. An Atari Falcon. <laughs> That's version awesome. Of this, so kind of neat. Uh, anyway, I looked on the the uh, reviews on this thing. Lemon's crew gives us a seven point four one. Again, now th- they're not differentiating between the ECS uh, and the AGA version, uh, but I mean, I, in this type of game, I don't think it really matters. To be completely honest mm-hmm. with you, uh, Amiga form Amiga action gives us eighty eight percent. Amiga four seventy eight. Amiga format sixty. Amiga Joker. All right, seventy seven boat. Not too bad. Amiga Power 65 and the one gave this a 62. I think if, uh, for listeners of ours that are, are viewers that are into these sorts of games, you know, I think this might be a, a sleeper hit if you haven't tried it. I think you might enjoy this a lot. Uh, did, it, did we get any Discord action on this? We did. Chris Folds gave it a go. He says, couldn't get into it. Blah, four out of ten. Oh, Folds. Well, I mean, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Folds for a second, Boat. You. You load this up, and you look at it, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Very it intimidating, is overwhelming when you look at it. But 
it's not that bad when you actually play it. What you understand, what all the menus do, and the, I will say the documentation on Lemon, it gives you an idea of what all the different parts of all the different menus are. It gets you started enough to where you can play this and not completely suck. Mm-hmm. So, well, you got any parting thoughts on this one? I enjoyed this more probably than any other game that I thought that I would like. I it's rare for me to have a turnaround like I had with this game. Yeah. Yes, because when I this was one, playing it on my it. own and I was yeah. giving it my best try after I read yeah. the manual and I was you know and I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is a horrible yeah. game. And yeah. then when I heard somebody that knew what they were doing calmly explain it to me, yeah, then I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I and I and I got into it because I understood it, and that's that's the key. Um, I had the exact same experience. You have this is one of those rare times, and this has happened to us a few times on this show where we went and saw someone that knew what they were doing, and they held our hand, and we it got us through the beginning, and then you're like, oh yeah, it's clicking. You know, I agree. Yeah. So, um, we do have. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you look this up on eBay, Aaron? I didn't see any for sale. Okay, okay. I I apologize if you say that every time because I'm always looking at the reviews when you when, when you say that. So I apologize. No so, problem. Um. All right, Aaron. It's time to talk about what's going on in the Amigos community, Aaron. We've had uh, several new high score challenges come to the fore here. Uh, our current Specky High Score Challenge is one of your favorite games, and this is it's funny, Aaron, because this is very similar to Transartica. This is a game that you came around on uh this is manic minor yeah so uh so yeah they, this week's game is is manic minor there are some scores aaron that are just again just insane people can loop this game multiple i know times. i was watching people loop and i was just i was baffled yeah at having played this on ars and claire uh and so but anyway if you feel like you're up to the challenge, you can uh, hop on over to our Discord and uh, and see if you can topple the current leader, who is Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, with an insane score of 45,576. Over on the Amigos, Amiga High Score Challenge, uh, we are. Uh, it's another Finnish game. We're back-to-back Finnish games, Aaron. The Finns are taking over the Amigos High Score Challenge. This month's game is a shooter uh, and it's called Galactic, the Christmas edition. It's a wacky, wacky game. Right now, Z9K9 has a score of 597,396. He's beaten my score by over five times. So uh, hop on there if you want to try. This is a real crazy game. I have a feeling this might show up later on down the line for us to cover, Aaron, because it's just wacky. But anyway, that's what's been going on over in the Amigos Discord community. Um Let's see. Next thing up is we should probably thank all the fine, fine folks that subscribe to the show on Twitch. Uh, We do record the show live every Friday night around five o'clock. And uh, you're welcome to hop on, join the chat. We got a nice crowd uh, watching us right now. Uh, And you can subscribe and help support the channel through Twitch. And you get the same Discord benefits that you do uh, as if you were a Patreon supporter. So uh, we want to thank Retro Jerry for being a subscriber. Negsol. John Marshall, three, Christian Russell, Nagram, Buck Owens. Buck Owens, thank you for being a 13-month subscriber. You just subscribed earlier in the show. Rob O'Hara, Tom Pops, 
Tin Foil, Gary Heather, Jost 80, Edvin Helen, Duncan Styles, Mori Fumi, Zuper Dan, Senior Bjorn, no, uh, Still Adolescing, Air Jury, Mitsuyama, Mr. Cola, Judge Dave, Dave versus Donuts, Chris Folds, Lamatza, Frodo and L, I'll Be Sure, Hasifa, Macintosh Librarian, David Z, NAZ, Rule of Thirds, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Fedarta, Peeplo, Google Block, Jigglebox, Eor4077, Dave Velociraptor, Tenmark, Uber Scuba Diver, Great Algae, Pints and Amiga, Wing Chun Wolf, and Wolf at Dawn. We got multiple wolves hanging out in the in the hey, Twitch, Aaron. The Horda. The Horda have arrived, but yeah. Um now when it comes to last week's Patreon song challenge, Aaron. Uh, this one was definitely in the the college music realm. Uh, we yeah. had a, a couple correct responses. Uh, the we name did? of the song was <laughs> was Doctor Worm. Are you familiar with this song, Aaron? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, this who, is a, who does that one? Both. This is a song by They Might Be Giants. And wow, uh, and I know them. Yeah, and so uh, we want to congratulate, give a hearty congratulations to Anthony Jarvis, founder of the excellent Amiga Show. Uh, check it out on YouTube, and also our buddy from Australia, Bundy. Bundy got it right. So uh, congratulations, guys! If you know this week's uh, Patreon song challenge, send me an email at john at amigospodcast dot com, and uh, I will read your name on the air next episode. Now, I rarely do this, Aaron, but I'm going to give a little hint for this Patreon song challenge. Oh, Lord. It must okay? be obscure. And the reason why we're doing it is because we changed the game. Okay? So, <laughs> this, this, uh, when this game title came up, I was like, well, I know what I'm doing for, uh, for my song. So, yeah. anyway, here we go. Hi. William. William Venter Scar, Data Dog Heavy Systems Inc., Bundy Frag Lord Mark Bylin, Olaf Hope Hermski, Jonah aka Simulant, Ethan Little Alien Breeder Dave Velociraptor, Cabot Boy Dane Denson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Base, Roshi, Frodo and El Sol, Incisor, Tech Mage Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglub, Commodore Kid, Reflection, Simon Ledge. Captain Crispy Kilobytes and Caffeine Gary Heather Free Lunch Kate Fox David Pickford Cameron Armstrong Andy Jones Lobsterminator Ten Minute Amiga Retrocast Bernard Quinn RMC Tim Drew Simon Rose Joseph Harrison Kyle Edda Rob O'Hara Matthew Larimore Andy Craig Shonzo Bachbit Roland Burke Andrew Monk Show the Zombie Leaf Kellan Alden Kebab Chicote Level Lord John Marshall Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocher, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, 
Stefan Swalgard Mortensen, Edvin Helen, Melinda 75, Christopher Hassel, Rabbi Abbott, Chris Folds, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vebke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humberstein, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wants, Pixels at Dawn, and Kill Bjorn Barman. That song sort of, uh, <clears throat> sort of petered out there in the middle, boat. That was my fade. That's what that was? Yeah. Well, it, uh... That one's for Figgy, going... by the way. Special shout-out to Figgy CTZ. You're shouting that out to somebody? Oh, what yeah. did Figgy do to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, Aaron, next week... Big week, but big, big week. huge week. A big announcement. Big Tell announcement. The people, next week, we are moving our recording date to Wednesday, December Why, 23rd. Why are we doing that? Because next week is Christmas, Aaron. Next week, next Friday, a week from today is Christmas Day. Enjoy yes. the time with your family if you can. That's right. Um, and so we're moving things back a couple days, and we're doing something entirely new with the Amigos Christmas Spectacular. As you know, if you are a longtime viewer of the Amigos, we've done lots of wacky things with the Amigos Christmas Spectacular show, oh, including yeah. having like six or eight people down here just sitting around talking. Um, so this this week or this year, we are actually involving all of the hosts on the Amigos Retro Gaming Podcast Network. That's mm. right, Aaron Flack, host of Sprite Castle, the C64 podcast. He's going to be here. Eric Nelson, Cody and uh, Sanxian, Tim is going to be representing the Pixel Guide In podcast. Sounds great. And of course, the Brent will oh. be here. From ARG the Presents. The Grinch is coming? The Grinch is coming. Holy smokes, who invited him? And what we're going to be doing is we're all going to be talking about different ports of the same game. I'm not going to give away game. what the game is, but this is a game that has enough ports to where six different people can talk about it. Yeah. So think about a Christmas-related game. little quiz for you guys. Think about a Christmas-related game that has many, many, many ports. That's what we're doing next week. Like I said, we're going to start at 6 o'clock, so an hour after this. Uh, and uh, we're going to go uh, until we're done. Uh, it will be broadcast live on Twitch, and it will go up uh, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending on when, when we put it up. Either one of those two days, it will be put up on the audios and the YouTubes. But if you want to uh, join us live, we'd love to have you for some Christmas cheer with our Amigos Retro Gaming Christmas Spectacular. And that'll be December 23rd, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Correct. Correct. All right, Aaron. And before we close things down, we want to thank all the fine folks that have joined us live in chat right now on Twitch. Nice crowd this evening. Yes, uh, thank you. 
we'd like to thank. Oh, and I've I've, I've clicked the wrong button here. And it's hard to believe. He's not thanking nobody. The first thing that we need to do is thank our amazing moderators, Duncan Styles and Pixels at Dawn Gaming. Pixels has been Geniuses. Pixels has been working hard. You know, he is also one of the higher ups over at Amiga Addict. He pretty yeah. much is. Uh, he he has uh, pretty much con- complete editorial control. He decides what gets left on the cutting room floor. If you know what I'm saying. Have you seen his picture in the magazine? He, he looks like the old cat that ate the canary boat. He, he does. He does. He's got face. a very wily look about him as he cradles his 600 lovingly in his arms. He, cradles. he also said he was not naked. Repeat, <laughs> not naked in the picture. So don't let that deter you. All right. So uh, we, in the chat, we've got the 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. Doug has joined us. we got Barkbit live from Sweden. Brock101 is here. Buck Owens. Christian Russell. Uh, Commander Root, Dag2099, David Z, NAZ, Frodo NL, uh, Hermski is here, Johnny Renegade, L. Curtis B, Mitz Oyama, M. Kelly 904, Mr. Cola, Ms. Lenity, Nagram is here with us, Olav Hope, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, R. Typer is here, Real Refi, Retro Jerry, Rob O'Hara, Saddest Kitty, Super Tech Boy, Tom Toms, Treyguard82, and Vigoro Pros. Thank you guys so much for joining us for Amigos this evening. Yes, thank you very much, fellas. All right, Aaron. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Stay tuned. Watch us next week. Oh, Aaron, you doing any streaming this evening? Uh, I think I'm going to not stream tonight, but uh, I'm going to pick it up at the beginning of the new year, my friend. Okay, man. Okay. Sounds good. All right, guys. We will see you next Wednesday, uh, December 23rd, for our Amigos Retro Gaming Christmas Spectacular. Until then, adios. Adios.